In the halls of video game history, there's one company that went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Nintendo and still managed to keep up for a while. That's right, this week we are talking about the Sega Genesis. The year was 1983, and video games were on the back burner, as most stores were leaning more towards personal computers. Until two competing companies from Japan who wanted to try and resurrect the home video game market. Those two companies were Nintendo and Sega. Both got their start making arcade units, but wanted to try their hand at resurrecting the console market. Both companies went head-to-head -head on who could come up with a better console. When Nintendo released the NES to the world on the exact same day, Sega released the SG-1000. While Nintendo was dominating the market, Sega had created their first home console, called the SG-1000, which was released in Japan and other countries, but it never really had a release here in the States. And it kind of fizzled out, since Nintendo was still dominating the market. That was until seven years after Nintendo released the NES. Sega released the Sega Master System. Yet it also fizzled out, since Nintendo still had the win as well. To try to compete with Nintendo, Sega then came up with a new strategy. And that was, instead of trying to get on the 8-bit bandwagon that Nintendo was leading, why not try to be the first company to come up with a true 16-bit home console that was offered a series of peripherals that can be used with it as well, dubbed the Sega Mega Drive in Japan. But due to copyright dispute in the States, Sega changed the name from Mega Drive to Genesis, thus making the first console named after a book in the Bible, which signifies that it was ushering in a new age in gaming, and it did on August 14th, 1989, and gave us the iconic tagline, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. The Genesis was selling quite well, but was still having issues competing with Nintendo, who was still dominating the market in sales, and it also upped their game with the release of Super Mario Bros. 3. The other two companies that entered into the console wars was the TurboGrafx-16, who claimed to have 16-bit graphics but really only ran with an 8-bit processor, and Neo Geo, both of them soon fell by the wayside and were forgotten. The rivalry between Sega and Nintendo all came to a head in court on a court hearing, and what is now known as one of the most violent retro games of all time, and that was Mortal Kombat, with both companies battling out trying to make the other look bad. Yes, the Genesis version of the game had all the blood and gore of the arcade, while inputting a code to unlock it all, but Nintendo fired back with saying that their version for the SNES took out all that and replaced it with sweat. In the end, both Sega and Nintendo came up with a unified video game rating system called the Entertainment Software Association, or the ESA, rating system, which is still in use today. Nintendo at this time was the only console that had its own mascot with Super Mario. However, Sega knew that they needed to come up with one of their own, thus creating Sonic the Hedgehog. However, by this time, the Genesis had been out for two years, but the idea paid off and people were rushing out to get the console just so they could play the new game, Sonic the Hedgehog. But Nintendo, knowing that they had needed to fire back with something, decided to come up with their own answer to the Genesis, the Super Nintendo. Thus, now, there were two 16-bit consoles competing. Now, Sega gambled on a new marketing idea, and that was to stop bundling the system with the arcade port of Altered Beast and replace it with Sonic the Hedgehog, and also dropped the price of the whole thing by 10 bucks, making it the cheaper console to buy. Yes, this would result in a loss of profits a bit, but they would make up, for, make up the loss as people would want to keep buying the games. And it worked like a charm. 
Sega soon was dominating the market, and by the end of 1993, they had gained 60% of the 16-bit game market and caused Nintendo to drop to 37%. With the success of sales, Sega then upped their game once again, with being the first of the two competing consoles to come out with their first add-ons, and that was the Sega CD. A CD-ROM attachment that played certain games designed for it, like Sewer Shark and the controversial game Night Trap. And then Sega came out with the Sega 32X, a 32-bit add-on that allows you to play games with 32-bit graphics. Now as the years went on, Sega came out with two more home consoles, and those were the Sega Saturn and the Sega Dreamcast, or what I like to call the Sega Flopcast. Mainly because the Dreamcast had great games, but a very limited library of games as well. And then, soon a year later, uh, Sony came out with the Sony PlayStation. However, by January 31st of 2001, Sega had sadly announced that they were no longer going to come out with consoles and they had shifted towards making third-party games for other systems that were out. Now by this time in my life, I only had friends who were lucky enough to have a Sega Genesis when it came out, and when the Dreamcast had come out, I remember working at a now-defunct video rental place called Hollywood Video, which competed with Blockbuster at the time, and there was one of those display setups with a Dreamcast that you could play. Sega still is making games for other systems, but like the Genesis itself, it was an awesome system to have, and if you had gotten all the add-ons, it looked kind of bizarre, but it was still a great console. Did you have a Sega Genesis as a kid, or do you have one in your own retro gaming collection? If so, let me know down in the comments. I'm Paul saying peace out and stay frosty.